Hello and welcome to Raw Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, or just Dr. Book for short. I'm a community pharmacist and an herbalist dedicated to serving my clients in the best way that I know how. I'm bringing you this podcast to share with you like-minded pharmacists and herbalists that want to work alongside each other and share similar visions for patient care. Please enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast. I hope you're all still staying safe out there, keeping healthy, keeping sane, taking some walks outside in this beautiful weather while still observing social distancing. And, you know, I hope you're also taking advantage of the technology ways to connect, such as Zoom video calls, and now Facebook has new rooms, and there's Google Hangouts as well. So while we're apart, we could still stay connected, Thank you, thanks to technology. Um, personally, I'm thinking about going into season three of the podcast so if anybody has recommendations on new theme music let me know email me at marina and i also have a couple of webinars available on my website so check them out for some herbal health tips it's www.rawfork.com and then you can just go to the shop page uh, so let's get into today's episode Uh, Today, I had the pleasure to speak to Dr. Danielle Peredin. She's a style and image coach and a functional medicine pharmacist. Her mission is to help women create happier, healthier, more beautiful lives. Through integrating the mind, body, and spirit, her clients expedite the time it takes to close the gap between their highest authentic self, who they truly are, and how they appear to the world. She combines her love for fashion and coaching to give her clients unique tools to style their mind and body in order to learn how to be her now. I had an amazing time chatting with Dr. Danielle Peredin, and we've actually been following each other for quite some time. So I hope you enjoyed the show. All right. Hi, welcome to the Raw Fork podcast, Dr. Danielle Peredin. Hope I pronounced that right. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so I have with me today an integrative life coach and styling coach, which intersects with pharmacy as well. And um, Dr. Danielle Peredin is also studying functional medicine as well. So without further ado, why don't you give us just a brief introduction yourself about your background, maybe where you grew up and where you finished pharmacy school? Okay. So I grew up and currently live in South Louisiana. Cajun country is how we call it. So if you hear an accent, I have to apologize. I briefly lived in Texas for a little while and was able to get rid of the accent a little bit, but it's, you know, it, once I moved back, it just came back full force. So um, I am married with three children. I have a daughter who is 14 and twin boys who are 11. So. That's fun in and of itself. <laughs> um, I have been a pharmacist for 15 years now. Mm. I've always practiced um, hospital pharmacy mainly. When I was in pharmacy school, I did work for Walmart as an intern. But then I decided um, I really wanted to dabble into hospital pharmacy to make sure 
that was not something that I wanted to do before I got into retail because I always say it's harder to go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. You can always say you didn't like hospital and then go into retail. So I took that advice. Honestly and truly, I really wanted to do a residency when I graduated. But um, my husband and I, these, we were on our second marriages. We were um, a little older than some that, you know, were in pharmacy school graduating. And he was ready to start a family and I was ready to start a family. And um, funny enough, uh, I, I ended up finding out that I was pregnant with my first daughter whenever I graduated on stage. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so we were already beginning our family. So um, anyways, so I didn't do a residency. I went straight into hospital which I ended up loving. Um, so I was a staff pharmacist at first, which obviously I had my daughter within nine months of being a brand new um, pharmacist, which is you know difficult in of, a, of itself. You know, we get trained in pharmacy school, but once you get out, you really kind of feel like you don't know <laughs> how to be a pharmacist. Um, so I was learning how to be a pharmacist and how to be a mom at the same time. So that was interesting. But anyways, um, I found it really difficult doing the shift work at the hospital uh, with my daughter and I really wanted to spend more time with her. And I found that she was wanting to spend more time, you know, with me, she wanted to always be in my bed and, you know, mommy don't leave, go to work. So I kind of dabbled in a couple of different things. Um, I had actually went and did um, IV home infusion for a little while. And that really just wasn't my wasn't my thing. I ended up doing some pure in pharmacy, ended up back at the same hospital I started at <laughs> when I figured out I was doing so much PRN that I might as well get a full-time job. <laughs> right. Couldn't tell anyone no. And so um, what ended up happening was that they had a job opening in the ICU. The, they had a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week intensivist program that they had started up and they wanted a pharmacist. And I was like, wow, they actually want a pharmacist in the ICU rounding with them. I thought that was so cool. And since I couldn't do the residency, I thought, okay, so this is, you know, this would be pretty cool. Because I was always very interested in the clinical work as a staff pharmacist anyway. I really wasn't sure of myself. I didn't have the residency. I didn't have, you know, the training. But what ended up happening was no one else wanted the job. And so I got it. So I was an ICU pharmacist for a while. I was actually an ICU pharmacist during um, the H1N1 epidemic. So it's interesting to kind of compare, you know, the two, what's going on with that. But um, what ended up happening was I was hired with, um, as a contract um, with Cardinal. And so we were just doing so much clinical work. But then once the hospital itself decided that, okay, Cardinal saved them enough money, (laughs) they kind of like let them out, you know, gently. And I was able to stay on, but the hospital culture really wasn't um, very positive about clinical pharmacy. Mm. Uh, You know, so it just wasn't, I just found myself where I was just pushing paper around. Right. And I was like, I'm not growing. This is not for me. Ended up... um, so I was actually for that job, I was also commuting an hour mm-hmm. to and from. And then my daughter was starting a kindergarten and it was time for a change. So I went back to PRN at a smaller hospital, which was fantastic. I was able to um, spend more time with my daughter. At that time, I had the twins. So that was juggling two babies at once. So it was really perfect. I love that about pharmacy that um, you really 
can kind of make it your own. <laughs> like put a do not disturb side and kick everybody outside. And tell the mailman to stay away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, so I love that about pharmacy that we can kind of pick up and put it down and, you know, there's so many different avenues and interests. I love that about our profession. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's see. So then we decided to move my husband and I, he was already working an hour away in the opposite direction that I was commuting to. We decided to move to a larger city where they had more opportunity. The hospital that I was working PRN for started cutting hours. And I was PRN, so I was the first one to get cut. And so that was stressful with three kids. And so we moved to a bigger city. I got a full-time job, started working pharmacy um, full-time again. And I ended up working as a um, pharmacy director of a hospital, which I had never had that interest. <laughs> I just never did, but the opportunity came to me and I decided just to try it out. And I did that for the last five years and then decided that, you know, um, it's been great. It's been fun. I made a lot of money. Um, we're able to, uh, I, I was at this one hospital where I was able to bring them from pretty much three decades of improvement. Um, they were still doing handwritten 30 day mores. <laughs> Wow. They had no integration with their medication cabinet. They had no um, pharmacy, you know, profiles. And by the time I left, we had uh, computerized uh, physician order entry. So wow. that was fun and it was exciting and I was always growing. But then once we caught up to speed, there was no more growth. And I found myself just pushing papers again mm -hmm. and going to meetings. And I found myself in what I called like the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. There was no growth and what I didn't realize. So that's whenever I was feeling um, a little bit of depression, which I didn't really realize that's what it was at the time, but I was always tired and um, just kind of irritable and wasn't growing. And there was just a lot going on. And when I decided to, you know, it was bad enough where I needed to make a change. Mm -hmm. I did that and it was so great. But um, what really brought it on was, just feeling like I had always, I was always looking to the next thing, to the next thing. You know, when I make more money, I'll be happier. When I have a house, you know, I'll be happy when I have the job, like whenever, you know, the kids are able to go to school and take care of themselves. And then finally I decided, you know, happiness comes from inside and I need to stop and take a look and do some inner work. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally true. Rings so true for me as well. Um, so when you decided that things had to change, what, what did you do then? Did you quit your job? Did you look for new opportunities? Did, is that when you started to look to functional medicine or how did you become a styling and image coach? Yeah, it's so crazy. And when I try to explain it to people, it's like, it's just this weird long journey. And I'm like, I get confused when, what happened and, but really looking back, what, kind of jolted me out of it was um, starting my own business and it was an MLM company and it was just something that I could look forward to and try and grow and you know um, earn like 
I guess, reach for goals and set goals and reach for them and all these things. And it just brought some of that energy back into my life. Mm -hmm. um, and it was too funny because one of the MLMs that I had uh, dabbled in was hair extensions and eyelash extensions. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so weird and crazy, but it brought back this um, love for beauty and for fashion. Mm -hmm. that was always there, but as a mom, a wife, a pharmacist, like I wasn't giving that any of attention mm -hmm. and so it brought back that old passion of mine whenever I was a little kid I just always loved to dress up and I would wear the craziest things mm -hmm. and I can't believe my parents would allow me to <laughs> but, but they did but I just always loved expressing myself that way and um so yeah so I, I joined that company but I could never really be successful and so um I started looking inwards. I was like, why, you know, I went to pharmacy school, I was able to graduate pharmacy school, everything I ever wanted to do, I was able to do, why can't I do this? Mm -hmm. And so again, I went and looked inward and I started learning the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. I started studying the law of attraction. And it's so funny, I started sharing what I was learning with my audience. And I started going live to do live video. And Whenever I would tell them, look, I'm studying law of attraction, they're like, oh, how do you study law of attraction? <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I'm not going to school for it. I'm just, I'm reading books and I'm talking to people who, you know, do it and, and just different things. And, and once I started that, like everything just clicked. Um, there was just this passion for learning and um, doing all of these things. And um, so I'm trying to think. So I just found these mentors that I started listening to. And I started figuring out, you know, what kind of things were holding me back in my life. Um, what was going on with that? And I found that I had some limiting beliefs. I had a lot of unworthiness that I didn't even know was there. I don't know when it started coming in, but it just started creeping in. And it was crazy whenever I unfolded that I did not realize that I couldn't even take a picture of myself before I started going live like I wanted to do selfies and sell this hair and I was there was so much self-judgment about it mm. so it was so interesting to go inside and take a deeper look at that and figure out you know where did that come what were the triggers for that right yeah and so to answer your question about how to become a stylist so with that company, I started to sponsor, um, it was called Acadiana Fashion Week. Ooh. It was only its second year. So there was a young woman who started this movement in Louisiana and she wanted to um, bring fashion to Louisiana. There was no, um, we have New Orleans Fashion Week, but in our area, they really didn't have that. And so in order to promote my lashes and my hair, I sponsored it. And I tell you what, that first night there, there was just the passion for the fashion industry just came out of me. There was this new energy. Mm -hmm. And with that, I would bring that to work. So I was still working, still working as a director of pharmacy. But yet now that I felt more whole, because I brought that piece of me back in and integrated it, uh -huh. when I was at work, I felt more joy and purpose. And when I was at home as a mom, I felt more joy and purpose. And so I just said, I want to share this with the world. Yeah. Um, and so, so at this point I am sponsoring fashion week. I am studying law of attraction. And then I came across an 
integrative um, coach that was doing training for healthcare professionals mm -hmm. to become coaches. And so it's like, hey, this sounds interesting. Maybe I can combine pharmacy with all of this law of attraction, you know, help people improve their health that way. Um, so that was so cool. And so I started that training in um, August of 2018. So I decided that I wanted to combine um, integrative life coaching with pharmacy. And I really, at that point, I had heard of integrative medicine, but didn't really know what it was exactly. So I started researching what's integrative medicine, what is holistic medicine, what is um, functional medicine. I don't know if I even knew that was a thing at the time. In 2018, I just started researching all this stuff. What is allopathic, allopathic medicine? What is, um, you know, all of the things. And I had stumbled upon your website at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was so crazy whenever you had emailed me to be on the podcast. And I saw that we had already emailed back and forth. I was like, wait, what is this? Yeah, um, I didn't realize that either, to be honest. Because I think I saw you on Instagram uh, the second time. Mm -hmm. or, or maybe through the functional medicine Facebook group, uh, functional medicine pharmacy Facebook yeah. group, one of those. Yeah. So I saw that another pharmacist was doing it already. Mm -hmm. So you're such an inspiration to me that, you know, um, oh, you. <laughs> yes. And you're such an inspiration to so many people. And so it just inspired me to keep going. So I finished my training of integrative life coaching in um, February of 2019 and I hosted my first retreat in March not knowing what I was doing if anybody would come I just put it out into the world that I'm having this retreat um, I called it disconnect to reconnect and I was inviting women who wanted to you know just take a deeper look inside themselves slow down and were interested in creating something in their lives and I had a few women that came. I had one that drove from Missouri. She was a pharmacist. Wow. And so it just gave me that um, confirmation that what I was doing, I was on the right path. And I just kept going and kept going and kept going. So now um, the reason I decided to integrate the styling with coaching was I had hired a coach and she asked me, what would you do for free, that you love it so much. And I knew that I wanted to help women. Um, I just didn't know how. But when she asked me that question, I couldn't deny it because that day I was volunteering my time on my day off all day long in the hot Louisiana sun um, to help with promotions for Acadiana Fashion Week at a photo shoot. Wow. And in fact, I had to leave that to go on the phone call with her and I didn't want to leave. I just wanted to stay and do it all day long. And it didn't matter if I was helping hold up lighting or um, steam fashion, the clothes, it didn't matter what I was doing. I just wanted to be there. So I knew that I loved it and I just wanted to do it. And I said, what better way to help women who want to show up like I was online, promote their business, but don't feel confident. And maybe they have the same unworthiness that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to wear. They don't know, you know, what looks good on them. So what I do is that I, you know, I'm a style and image coach. 
And so I style their body and their mind. Awesome, awesome. So um, did you kind of have that innate creativity and vision um, and that you felt confident coaching in that way? Or did you also get some kind of training or was it all like inspiration from the fashion shows that you, what you were putting on that you felt that you, you, know, you were um, an expert and that you could market yourself in that way? Great question because of course there's so much imposter syndrome that comes up. How yeah, did I, yeah. Like I was, you know, I didn't feel like I was really dressing the greatest as a, a pharmacist. We just kind of dress bland, right? Okay. <laughs> in fact, when I worked in the ICU, there was this one um, physician who would always tease me, and I thought I was dressing nice, uh-huh. but he would always make these comments about my clothes, and I'm like, what? You know, I'm just a pharmacist. This is not like fashionista. Like, what is going on here? But anyways, um, so yes, so I did get inspired by the fashion show. So I went to you know, a few of the fashion weeks. I went to New Orleans Fashion Week. Um, I helped with boutiques and I helped with uh, photographer, photographers doing branding photos. So, you know, I was constantly looking to see what was trendy, what was going, you know, what looks good with what. I was picking up just like innately, like you said, um, but also, I just love studying and learning. I'm a nerd. I went to pharmacy school, so, you know, you have to enjoy that. Um, and so I always would study what are the trends that are coming. So what are the Pantone colors for the season? What are the trends? And I would always go to Pinterest and look and see how can I um, make that for like streetwear? How, you know, how can I incorporate that, that inspiration into what I wear? Obviously, we don't walk around what people wear on the, you know, the, the catwalk. It's so... <laughs> out there but you could just take that inspiration and create something so that's super fun for me um i didn't go to fashion school i didn't do do any designer training but i did um take a couple of of style business courses Mm -hmm. that's helped tremendously and i'm still in one right now i'm in kate taylor's um styling school Mm -hmm. and that's super fun so i get to um you know, rub elbows with other stylists, learn tips from them, um, learn, you know, what looks good on what type of body shape, what colors. And I just love it. I think just loving it, you just absorb stuff, you know, you don't have to go to college for everything. Yeah, yeah, I love that message. And I have to confess, I love Project Runway. <laughs> and I love, and now they're, they're reinstating it with making the cut. Tim Gunn and Heidi are back, so I'm super excited. <laughs> yes, I love, love. My favorite was What Not to Wear with Stacey oh. Lennon. Oh my gosh, I even have it recorded now to go and watch all the repeats. Yeah, I have so. to check it out. But that was like my favorite thing to also watch reruns of when I was on maternity leave. So <laughs> I viewed my little baby. Um, but it's so inspiring like shows like that even if you're not into fashion like you know my business has nothing to do with fashion but just the creativity that bounces off the people that are creating things on those type of shows is really contagious so I just really love that and it just inspires whoever is watching to maybe work on their own craft whatever that may be yes it's so inspiring to see someone else being creative and we're just creative beings in general you know like i really feel like that's what we're put on earth is to create absolutely and i think you know because we have so much access even in 
times like this, when we are socially isolated, we still have, um, you know, all the presence of social media and internet and video chats like we're doing. So it's so easy to consume all these things and like read books or ebooks or Kindle or whatnot, but not actually go back and create something of your own. So I think like that's a delicate balance of like learning from other people, getting inspired from other people, but also then turning around and putting it into your own uh, little vessel and your own uh, creation that you're putting out onto the earth. Right, exactly. No one else can create what you have inside and what you have to bring out to the world. Yeah, and I think that's part of the journey that you described when uh, you still felt like you're not expressing your full self. You're looking towards, you know, attaining things and uh, certificates and jobs and, you know, um, things that are basically consumer items, such as a house and things like that. Uh, but then when it comes down to it, it's really about uh, your own self-expression and purpose in the world that you, you felt like you needed to put out there and you felt like it was something was still missing, like you haven't expressed your full potential and that's what you had to go and do. Yes, exactly. And um, so my motto is life is too short. And it's always been that. Um, so whenever I was 18, I had just graduated, graduated from high school. I got married right away. Um, my boyfriend was in the military and we were eight hours apart. So we were in love. We got married. Um, I actually fell in love with him because um, I saw him with his daughter. So he had a daughter previous to us getting married. And I saw them together. And so just his love for her made me fall in love with him. And unfortunately, they both passed away like really soon. So by the time I was 21, I had experienced so much loss wow. that, you know, I had that model that life is too short and you have to be living it. And so when I discovered that, I finally woke up and I was like, you're not living your life. Like, what is this? And it's, it's hard for me to say that because I was remarried. I have three beautiful kids, I have a wonderful job. I have a healthy family, my immediate family, my brothers and sisters, my parents are all still very healthy and alive. So much to be thankful for, but the problem was, was I wasn't being in gratitude for all of that. Um, I was just always looking for something to make me happy externally. And I just didn't realize that, you know, they always say, choose happiness, you know, or happiness is a choice. I didn't understand that. I didn't know. And I think so many other people were just like I was, they weren't awakened. Right. I was not awakened. I didn't know any better until you know. And once you know, it's like you can't unknow it. <laughs> yeah, such a good point. Yeah, and I'm so sorry. That sounds like such a traumatic loss. And yes. like you said, like so early in life, I mean, you were 21. Um, but that must have really affected a lot of your adult life. So, uh, so it's amazing to see you like turn that around and like, make that as a positive and like live in your life to the fullest because you know that some people don't get that chance right i live for them because they can't they're not here to live so and but we all have, can learn that lesson we all lose loved ones and right now with this pandemic it's just it's almost like a blessing in a in a way because you know it's making people take a deeper look at themselves right now and how are they living and it just made everyone come to a stop and reevaluate what's going on 
Yeah, I totally agree. I recently just wrote a blog post about what COVID is teaching us. And I, I pretty much wrote the same premise that, um, you know, during great time of strife is when we have the potential for the most growth because we really see what's important and what, what you know, our short time on earth, what do we want to do with that short time? Like, how do we want to live it? What do we want to prioritize? And even just like watching movies about wartime and things like that, like you could see that, you know, yeah, it's really, really hard and I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but those people that are living it, you know, put value on certain things and live those minutes and hours and days that they have to the fullest almost. So, um, and even people that get diagnosed with really, you know, scary illnesses and have, you know, terminal sentences or whatnot, those are the people that suddenly want to travel the world or like do whatever they were holding themselves back from. So um, it's just like a lesson to us. And now that we're all in this together and all like going through the same thing, it's just that much more powerful because it's not happening on an individual level. It's happening on a global level right now. Right. We're all going through the same thing at the same moment in the entire world. So all of that inner energy is just all connected. Like I truly believe that we're all connected and we all have this opportunity and it's such a gift. Yeah. Yeah. So even though there's definitely like been a lot of loss and pain and bad things that have happened, the people that, you know, are survivors and, uh, you know, I think it just shows us also how strong we are and what we want to do once this is over and like how we want to live henceforth. Yeah. I so much with everything about that. <laughs> yeah, and even, you know, some people are definitely complaining about social isolation right now and staying home and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they could take this time to introspect and like, you know, really think about what they want to do and what the takeaway is and really just look on those positive silver linings because we can't really control what's happening, but we can't control our response and you know, the vision that, that comes henceforth. Exactly. We can't control the external, but we can control the internal, how we respond. And so we get to choose what our response is going to be. Is it going to be just to live in fear of when we're going to die, when we're going to get sick? What if someone we're going to love, you know, we love, we're going to lose. What if um, we lose our job? And what if the economy, you know, plummets what's next what's next and we can live in that or we can take this moment to reevaluate how we have been living and how we want to moving forward and we can also take time to learn something new or to create something new i really do love how so many families with the kids being home how they just created all of this you know homeschooling uh places in their home and all of these different ideas and they are being very creative. And so that's such an example of the human spirit. I love that. But I'd also love to see those that, you know, or maybe piercing into that living room and they're saying, well, I'm really unhappy with, you know, my job right now. Um, I have to go to work and expose myself. I don't have time to create things with my kids, but 
you know, you can learn a meditation or you can learn how to journal or you can learn, you know, how to go in. Um, you can take this time to do that and, and just be like an example for others. What yeah. I teach is that, that something like that is a trigger. And so it should be a gift. And so if you get upset because someone else is maybe sharing stuff and you're jealous because you don't have time to do that, then use that as a trigger and, and go in, you know, why does that bother you? Go look inward and see what is important to me. Why am I not living that way? How should I be living? What's important to me? And right. I, let, I always help my clients to evaluate all areas of their life so that they can walk into that. And when I start working with a client, I love the first step we do is to get clear and to work on clarity and look to see where they are in their lives and evaluate that and compare it to where they want to go and what their true inner higher self is. And I help them to close that gap between the two so that they can show up as their true authentic self and start living their best life ever. And it just so happens to be with clothes to start off with. Um, whenever I've started my um, journey, I actually started in my closet. So I did a full closet clean out. So many people are doing that right now with the pandemic anyways. And I did a full closet clean out. And what it did was it cleared the clutter in my space physically, but it also cleared the clutter in my mind. And so then I was able to create something. Yeah. I love that. I also follow Marie Kondo, you know, her organization method and decluttering methods. And she also recommends to start with the clothes uh, because that's almost like the simplest way. And then you kind of like get the knack for what's important and what's not. And then you, you can do that with the rest of your house and then down to like a sentimental items is her last category. So once you get like that muscle going, it's pretty much like a muscle both um you know discerning what's important and what's not and then also creativity if you don't use it you lose it so if you just keep on practicing it you can enhance it you know and just because you say like i'm not creative because i have to do xyz and i don't have time but if you did make the time you know how did you get good at your job how did you learn to walk how did you learn to read like it all takes practice so, um, and then there's like so many levels of mastery. So just because, you know, you, you can read a page, um, you know, some people like do speed reading or like other kinds of things. So there's just like so many levels that you could take it to and only with practice will you get that inspiration and, um, you know, that ability to go inward and put something outward. Right. So mastery and wisdom, it's something that comes from, from having learned or knowing and then doing, and then you just become it and then you integrate it all. What I do it a little differently, I teach my clients to know it and then be it. Mm. Visualization techniques. Mm -hmm. And then you go and do, because, you know, especially for people who are like me, um, science oriented, or we just want to know, give me the directions on how to do it and I'll just go do it. But no one can give you the directions how to create your ideal life because we are not you and nobody's lived it yet. So you have to become her. So that's my program is to be her now. And so I have some equations that I use. I kind of throw in the science 
world into that way that we we do that i just love it but um the way i do it differently also with the closet is that i don't just like throw everything on your bed and overwhelm because i like to kind of go with the way our brains are wired and if you do that you spill this heaviness and this overwhelm and then you just dread it but everything that i do i teach my clients to take one small bite size at a time so we just focus on one item at a time and we go through a closet clean out over three weeks sometimes if not more it's very very slow and easy and you know you don't have to worry about not having time you don't have to worry about i don't feel like it you don't have to worry about all of those things it's all about how you feel in your body to get yourself to take action yeah i love that so it's like very methodical and for like the science oriented or even a type personalities you also want to explain like the reason why and the reason behind things yes so and then you can get them on board because now they know okay that makes sense to me logically so like i'll go through the motions because that you know i now believe that it can work yes yes it's so important and that's another step that i take my clients through is um why why do you want this in your life first of all and that'll bring you that intrinsic motivation that'll get you to do and take action. So I could talk about this stuff all day long. I just yeah, like that. So um, I just want to go back to one thing that you mentioned. Um, when you started learning about the law of attraction, how did you, and you said you started conveying that to your audience. Uh, so was that also kind of, um, you know, natural that you started building an audience or was it your friends and family on social media first? So how did you like reach a following? Okay, so it was so difficult for me. And this, again, it was a gift because I had discovered that unworthiness of me. I was so frightened to go live, so afraid, but I knew I wanted to do it because I knew that it was the best way to connect with people for them to get to know, love and trust you. And for months i like had this internal struggle where i wanted to do something but i could not do it mm -hmm. i was like this is some strong stuff this is insane and so i had to go and do that inner work that i do also with my clients and so once i was just able to go live um the way i was able to do that was i went like at four in the morning my hair was barely brushed i didn't have makeup on and i just came out very authentic and i just would say hey <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even really brush my hair. And so it was just kind of the way to trick my brain because even though I wasn't convinced that, you know, maybe that I'm pretty or that people like me, I could just say, well, you know, you didn't brush your hair. And if you tell them that you didn't brush your hair, then they're not going to be like, oh my God, look at her hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never brush my hair. <laughs> hair is gorgeous. But so it was just this crazy thing with my brain that I had to trick it. And so I just, um, Another trick that I did was that I told people I was going to do it. And I'm some part, I'm a type of person that if I tell someone I'm going to do it, I have to follow through. So that's another trick. So I made an announcement and he said, Hey, I am going to come live and teach you the stuff that I am learning once a week. And I want you to join me, you know, join me on this journey. And I didn't know if anyone was going to be interested, but they were. And I was like, Whoa, okay. So I'm not the only one. And um, even though it was hard, it just felt like I could feel the heat of shame whenever I would go live. Um, and first of all, I was very introverted, very shy person to begin with, not very vocal. 
um, it was so difficult, but whenever I would get direct messages saying how much that helped them or that, you know, um, something that I told them, you know, made an impact on their lives. It was so funny. One of my first lives that, you know, I had gone live on, there was a pharmacist, um, a, a fellow pharmacy student that <laughs> was on there. And he was like, yes, this is helping me with my, my marriage. And I was like, wait, what? Okay. So, you know, now that I'm helping people and that's all, you know, we're here for us to help others. Once you're serving others, it's like a total game changer. You yeah. take yourself out of the equation and you're just able to show up and be authentic and you don't have to be perfect. And so I, that's pretty much how I started, you know, getting a, a gaining followers really and truly was being authentic and not waiting until it's perfect and not trying to be someone else. You know, I know I'm weird and quirky. Um, it was so difficult working at the hospital at the same time and going live because then it's like almost like I had this one little like compartment life where I was a director of pharmacy and you know professional and then over here I was like being first of all someone who was learning how to do these things and showing up while I was learning it and being allowing myself to be a student and not be perfect and once I allowed those two worlds to intermingle and just show up as my true self. That's when it really became super easy. And funny enough, that's when I started attracting more people to me. Yeah, I could totally relate to compartmentalizing and just thinking like, okay, this is appropriate in this environment and to these people, but you know, this part of me is not appropriate. So I have to kind of keep it on the DL and then like vice versa. And just like being different personas around different people so uh you know i love that you integrated the two i really want to applaud that because it's it can be like very mind-boggling to do that and um you know you kind of have to be brave and just like show up as your true self and just go for it and you know not be in shame or in fear as you do that and i love that you know you're combining like you know this left brain kind of profession with a right brain you know very like styling and fashion forward thinking and like combining it all in one business i really love that so i want to know are you currently full-time coaching are you still doing pharmacy prn or, or otherwise and what is next for your business okay so i am still doing pharmacy prn I am working still for the same hospital that I did before. Um, I work for that same employer. And then I also have another hospital that I work PRN for. Because um, I'm just, I'm not quite yet ready to jump full fledged into it. Um, but I'm picking up clients at the same time. So remember, I do everything slowly. <laughs> Methodically. So um, I just trick my brain and say, you know, just get one client at a time and you know see how that works with your pharmacy schedule and your life schedule and coaching schedule and then i get another client and mix them in but eventually i would like to be doing full-time um coaching where you know the pharmacy i can do health coaching as well with the functional medicine as i'm studying functional medicine now um, i really do think i'll always do some peer in pharmacy uh, we'll just have to see when time tells um once that's going but I, right now it's a combination of, you know, of everything. So, and I really like it that way. It's a good balance. Yeah. 
sometimes I even think, you know, I, I, I wish for this full-time pharma, uh, full-time coaching career, but you know, since my brain wants to say, well, what if you get bored with that? <laughs> it's so crazy. You have to trick this little silly brain. Mix it listen, up. Keep it interesting. <laughs> yeah. So right now I'm really enjoying juggling everything. It's really fun. Um, going forward, I am working on like I said, my Be Her Now program. So right now I'm working on one-on-one clients, um, but eventually I would like to have some group coaching and I love retreats. So that's definitely in the future. Um, there's just nothing like connecting physically in the same room. Um, there's always some elevation up leveling that happens with that and it's just beautiful to watch. Um, so my mission is to help women um, to elevate their lives to be her now so you know figure out how to create a healthier more beautiful life now i love that you are such a lovely guest thank you so much for your time and sharing your wisdom and your life journey with us if you just have a couple more minutes i have some rapid a rapid fire questions for us sure go ahead all right so What's the number one thing listeners could do right now to improve their quality of life? I can't recommend meditation enough. For me, that was a game changer. Um, it had been recommended to my, to me, you know, over and over and over again. I always resisted it because it was hard and it felt weird, and I don't have time for that. And I had so many excuses about it. But once I really began a meditation um, schedule. It, things just really started to take place and happen and change really, really quickly. So that's what I would recommend. And you can do that in your house. You don't need any equipment. Yeah, I love that. Um, if you don't schedule it in, it won't happen. That's also my motto. So, <laughs> so yeah. true. So you'll always, you know, run out of time. But if it's in your calendar, you know, and you treat it with the same, like, respect and responsibility as your other schedule items then you know you can make time for it um and i just want to mention there's like a few meditation apps that you can get on your phone and right now i think headspace is offering it for free for healthcare workers because of the covid pandemic so definitely check that out all right um what is a hobby or favorite pastime of yours Okay, so I'm just a nerd. I love reading. I can't read enough. So I'm constantly notes in the books and studying about this, this crazy stuff. It's like I just can't get enough of it. Um, but when I'm not doing that, I do love to um, garden. Of course, I like to shop. <laughs> um, just hang out with my family. Nice, nice. Um, what is your favorite beverage to drink? Oh, that's a good question. Um, water, I'd have to say, just because I feel like I never drink enough, so I feel guilty if I'm drinking anything else. Um, if, maybe coffee, though. I don't think I want to give up, so <laughs> love coffee. All right. And uh, lastly, how can our listeners get in touch with you, learn more about your work, or look into your programs? Yes, I would love to connect with them. Um, they can reach me on my website. It's danielleparadin.biz. Um, <laughs> hopefully you have my name in the show. It's because it's love so that. long. Okay. But uh, Parodin is P-E-R-R-O-D-I-N. 
They can also reach me on Facebook at Danielle Perrinan. I have a Facebook group called Style Your Mind and Body. Mm. Um, on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Danielle Perrinan. They can also and just send me a direct message. I love chatting. All right. Well, thank you again so much. I'll have all that info in the show notes for the listeners. And I hope we uh, keep in touch. Definitely. I look forward to Thank you so much. This was so amazing. Yeah, my pleasure. Have a good day. Bye. As always, please send any questions, inquiries, requests to me. My email is marina at rawfork.com or just go on my website, rawfork.com. Leave me a note there. Thank you and have a great week ahead.